This is the Ruck Infringement Podcast with Joey Alchin. Legends, welcome to another episode of the Ruck Infringement Podcast. This week, we're going to review round three, preview round four, and some other little surprises. So let's get to it. All right, let's start our review of round three. We go all the way back to Thursday night last week when we had the Dragons taking on the Sharks. The Sharks getting up 36-12 to in what was a massive win for the Cronulla team. Nico Hines, this kid, is absolutely outstanding, and he's going to be one of the best number sevens in the game, in my opinion. A couple of years' time, he will be the Nathan Cleary, but of Cronulla. His kicking game is next level, and his running game is superb for a halfback. We saw the back four for Cronulla were on fire, scoring tries, Katoa, Kavalu, Ramian, and then Hines chipped in with one of his own. The Dragons just had nothing. Ben Hunt, he worked hard again from halfback, but they just couldn't get into the game. They had a couple of tries from uh, Jack Bird and Jagewski uh, off the bench as well, but it was nothing to compared to what Cronulla had. So that was Thursday night. Then we move on to the Friday night games. Now, the first game was the Tigers taking on the Warriors. Many thought the Warriors would put on an absolute clinic in this one and walk away with it. I know I did, and I actually sat there and ate my words. Even though the Warriors won in a tight contest, 16-12, the Tigers weren't they weren't bad, but they weren't great, and neither were the Warriors. It was very sloppy footy from both teams. Um, I thought Luke Brooks was actually really good in a losing side. I thought he organised really well. And young Jock Madden coming in at 5'8". Jock Madden, this is a kid to watch. He's going to be an absolute star. I thought Alex Seafar starting at uh, edge was really good. Really, really strong. But the Warriors, they just... The Warriors surprised me because I feel like they have a team to win the comp. They have such great players. They've got Adam Fanu and Blake up front. They've also got Matt Lodge up front. You've got Ewan Aiken, Annalise Katoa in your second row. Josh Curran, who is incredible at lock at the moment until Tohu Harris is back. And then you've got the superstar in Reese Walsh at the back. But they just become their worst enemy sometimes. There was a lot of drop balls in this game, a lot of penalties that shouldn't have been given. They just need to clean up the act a little bit. They got the win in the end, but very hot and cold footy at the moment. It was great to see a win from the Warriors, though. Let's move on to the second Friday night game, and it was the Rabbitohs against the Roosters, the arch rivals, the, one of the biggest matches in rugby league. The Rabbitohs were coming off 0-2, hadn't won a game yet. The Roosters won against Manly last week in their first win of the season, and this is always a clash that both teams stand up for. The Rabbitohs have won the last three, and tonight and Friday night was no different. They got the win, moving to four in a row. They won 28-16 against the Roosters. The Rabbitohs were all over them. The Roosters just looked like they wanted a fight rather than playing footy, and they didn't keep things simple. James Tedesco, I love him. I'm a massive Roosters fan myself, but Tedesco with those flick passes, I think he just needs to keep it simple. Run towards the line, give it out to the wing if you need to, or take it on yourself. And there was just too much one-up running for me, not enough passing on third and fourth tackles. It was all just straight up the guts. Um, Latrell came back, obviously, against his former club and the controversy that saw him sidelined against hitting Joey Manu, fracturing the eye socket last year. 
So it was good to see that little niggle. They had a bit of a niggle early on, and then Joey Manu scored a try over the top of him and threw the ball down in the same fashion that Latrell did in the game last year. And then Latrell got his own back, scoring a try at the end. Rabbitohs too good for the Roosters in this one, and they continue to put points on them. Four in a row now. I also thought Alex Johnson was great. You know, he played wing. He filled in for fullback while Luttrell was off last week. And everyone forgets that he's actually a really good fullback. But the wing is obviously his best spot. He just thrives out on that left wing. And he was back there on the wing tonight, uh, on Friday night, sorry, and was absolutely outstanding. Let's move on to the Saturday games. The first game we had was the Panthers against the Knights. Now, this game was actually rumoured to be closer than what it ended up being. The score was 38-20. to 20. The Knights hadn't lost a game. The Panthers hadn't lost a game. It was the battle of the top two. The Panthers came out with no Nathan Cleary, no Brian To'o, and no James Fisher-Harris, and no Liam Martin as a late scratching. So a lot was riding on this one for them. And the Knights, they were without Pong up with Texway filling in again, but they had done that last week against the Tigers and there was no issue for them. I guess the biggest talking point in this game, as you all know, is Mitch Barnett with that stray elbow that he threw. Um, look, he ended up getting six weeks. I initially said six to eight weeks, so I thought that was fair. It's hard to judge. You know, uh, he, the player he hit didn't have the ball, um, so it's a penalty any day of the week. It was a straight send-off, so it wasn't even a sin bin. He literally got red-carded and was gone for the game. And that stuff, the Knights, they were a man down. Penrith then put him to the sword. And I think it was a lot closer before that happened. I think the Knights had a chance. I actually tipped the Knights in this one for a bit of an upset. Can I just say that young Talon May in his first game scoring a hat-trick, awesome for the young bloke. I mean, what an achievement. His second, sorry, second game for the club. His first game was last year, but second game for the club, first game in 2022, and he gets a hat-trick straight up. Isaac Targo continues to show why he's an absolute weapon in the centres for the Panthers. For the Knights, Dominic Young again with another try. He scored every week so far. Jake Clifford didn't get one this week, which he was shocked about. And Kurt Mann, I thought Kurt Mann was one of the Knights' best in that game. If you play fantasy, he scored a nice 73 points in 66 minutes. He went off with a HIA after getting hit in the nuts in what was quite a strange moment. Um, but, yeah, I thought Kurt Mann's link play was really good. The second Saturday game was Melbourne Storm against the Paramount Eels, 24-28. to 28. The Eels being the victors. Now, this was an absolute belter of a game. Everyone had their money on the storm in this one. Ryan Pappenhausen was at his best. Obviously, the return of Brendan Smith, he moved straight into that hooking position. And wasn't he great? You forgot that he had a broken wrist. He came straight back into the team, scored a try, and just led in that number nine position. Josh King, again, was strong at 13. But the Parramatta Eels, the unsung hero, Ray Stone off the bench, scoring a double got the trying golden point, which was absolutely incredible. The field goal that missed, bounced off the post, and Stone grabbed it and dived over. I tipped Parramatta in this game, so I was pretty stoked to get the win there. But I can tell you now, Craig Bellamy will not be a happy camper, and the Storm, I reckon, would have got flogged in training this week. 
Let's move on to the third Saturday night game, and it was the Canberra Raiders coming up coming up against the Gold Coast Titans. The Titans flew out to a great lead in this game. They were actually up, I think they were up 22-6 to six at one stage, and no one gave any hope to the Raiders. It was Ricky's Raiders again. Their second halves are always being poor, but what a second half. What a comeback it was. The Raiders scored 18 unanswered points to get in front and win the game. It was just incredible. Matt Tomoko, I thought, was great in the centres. And then Semi Valamain, what a hit on AJ Brimson. Absolutely rocked him. Rocked him. Rocked him back to next week. It was incredible. I thought Jack Whiten was strong and Brad Snyder played his best game so far. He's only played two, but I thought he was really good at seven. For the Titans, Bo Furmore again was strong on that edge, on that uh, right edge. Dave Fafita, he just can't get into the game. He's just not getting the ball at the moment. He's an absolute superstar of our game, but he's just not getting the ball. Uh, Toby Sexton, again, was strong. And then I thought Timo, Tino led really well from the front as the captain. Got himself a nice meat pie as well. Good win for the Raiders there. On to Sunday, and now this was a game that absolutely shocked me. The Broncos against the Cowboys. The Cowboys winning 38-12 to against the Broncos. The Broncos had Adam Reynolds, and I thought Adam Reynolds was really good in this game. The King game was great, but they had too many errors. Errors let them down again. Herbie Farnworth grabbed a double, but it was all Cowboys. Jeremiah Nanai. Just remember that name. Remember that name in the future. Got a hat trick playing at second row, and what a talent this kid is. He was backed up by Tom Gilbert in the second row, who I thought was really strong as well, but Tom didn't. Their number, their 5-8. He was outstanding. Probably his best game to date in Cowboys colours. I thought Tommy Didden was really good. Valentine Holmes, probably his best performance as well as a Cowboy. Uh, sort of moved back to his shark days a little bit. Playing at centre there, he was absolutely devastating at centre with that step and just the speed he has to score a try. So the Cowboys are sitting pretty at the moment. They're doing really well. We move on to our last Sunday night game, and it was the Seagulls taking on the Bulldogs in a game that I thought the Seagulls would bounce back and uh, wipe the floor with the Dogs, really. But the Dogs, they continue to be greedy. They continue to hang on, manly getting the win 13-12 in this one. It went down to a field goal. For the Dogs, Matty Burton again was strong. He tried hard to keep the Dogs in the fight. Um, I actually thought Matt Dufty was really good at fullback. He didn't get his hands on the ball a lot, but when he did, he looked devastating. There wasn't much more from the dogs really to talk about, but Manly, Tommy Turbo again, he finally got himself a meat pie for the season. Toby was going to get two or threes, that sort of player. Once he gets one, he usually scores a couple. Uh, I thought he was good, but teams have worked him out. Teams know how he's going to play at the moment, and... They've started to shut him down a bit, which is good for opposition teams, but you want to see our best players scoring tries and playing well. I thought Cherry Evans was obviously Manly's best in this one. He led from the front as captain. He was in everything, passing, kicking. He had it all. A great win for Manly there. So that's our round review for round three, what a round it was. Um, I want to do something a little bit different today. I'm going to talk about my top five all-time players that I have watched. So 
you've got a lot of all-time players. You've obviously got your Daly Messengers and your Clive Churchills and Arthur Beetson. But I'm talking about five players in my 20 years of rugby league that I have watched. Now, for me, I'm a Roosters fan. These aren't all Roosters players, so it might be a bit, uh, you might say it's biased, but it's really not, I tell you what. So let's start with number five. Number five is actually a bit of a modern great for me, and just the way he changed the game and influenced young kids, and it's Benji Marshall. I just think when he was at the Tigers, he was such a superstar. He obviously had some uh, stuff that went on with coaches and management and ended up over in Rugby Union for a little bit and then back into league via the Dragons, Broncos, Rabbitohs, Tigers. So he was all over the place. But that initial, that 2005 period when they won the comp, Benji Marshall is what every player has strived to play like. Every, every child wanted to be Marshall. That flick pass, that step, that speed. The hair. Everyone wanted to be him. So he's number five in my top five rankings. Number four for me is a big one. He's former Rooster second rower Craig Fitzgibbon. Now, I used to love watching Fitzy play. The main reason was he was a workhorse. Absolute weapon. He would play on that right edge and he would just get through so much work. He'd almost play 80 most weeks and he would kick goals as well, which was sort of unheard of, before Cameron Smith started kicking goals, there wasn't many forwards that were goal kickers. You had Corey Parker in the same era, who was a great goal kicker for the Broncos. But I thought the way Fitzy could kick goals and, you know, he just played hard. He played hard every week. So that's my number four. Let's move on to number three. Now, number three for me is a man that I love and I've always loved, and it's another rooster. I'm sorry. But I watched him play a lot. And number three for me is the Count, Anthony Minicello. Club legend, played over 300 games for the club and just a superstar. What I love about him was the adversity he faced when he had his back issues and he was out of the game for a couple of seasons. And there was a video posted about what he used to do to get fit again. And he used to get a medicine ball on a strip, on a, like a, a big long rope and swing it from side to side just to strengthen that back. And it was an amazing comeback. And I remember when he came back and obviously led the team in that 2013 grand final to a win and win as captain as well. I mean, just amazing, amazing player. And so number three for me was definitely the count. Number two for me. I probably cop a lot of slack from my New South Wales fans, but number two for me is Jonathan Thurston. The way JT played the game was absolutely outstanding. The Cowboys are not a team that people regarded as one of the best. You know, they're sort of there. They're the second Queensland team to the Broncos. They always were the little brother. But Jonathan Thurston was a star. The way he kicked the ball, the way he could bend it, was just incredible. And so on my list, number two was definitely Jonathan Thurston. And then number one is a rooster for me, and it's got to be Brad Fittler. It's got to be Brad Fittler. Now, Brad Fittler, what I loved about him was he, everyone sees him as a 5'8", but he can play lock, he can play centre. And that right foot step that Fittler had where he would take on the line was phenomenal. Played over 330, 334 games, I'm pretty sure, but 
it just just an absolute club champion, captain of Australia, captain of New South Wales, just an absolute legend of the game. Now, that's my top five there. And many of you are probably saying, where's the goat, Andrew Johns? Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Joey Johns. He is an all-time favourite of mine. But that's just my opinion there, five that I regard as the top players that I've had the pleasure of watching. All right, let's move on to our round four preview. So at time of recording, it's actually Thursday night. Uh, the game is about to start in about 30 minutes. So I wanted to get in before the Thursday night game. Thursday night game this week is the Gold Coast Titans against the West Tigers. Any people actually backing the Tigers to get the job done here, but I just can't see it. I just can't see it. After a couple of big losses, for me, it's hard. It's really difficult to back a team that has not been performing. I've taken the Titans by 20 in this one quite a lot. Uh, Jaden Campbell's out with Jermaine Asako, fresh from the Broncos, making his debut for the club at fullback there. So interesting to watch for Asako. But, yeah, it's the Titans for me. I really hope the Tigers put in a great performance because you want it to be close. You, you want it to be a bit of a competition, but I've gone the Titans. Friday night's game is the Sharks against the Knights. Now, this is an absolute belter. The Knights welcome back Caelan Ponga, and I am so shocked that when you look at betting, the Knights are paying $2.75 for a win. What is that? They've only lost one game, and that was to the Panthers because they had 12 men. I think the Knights have a great opportunity here. I've gone the Sharks, but it's just off the back of how good Nico Hines is playing at the moment. But just watch the clash of those two. Uh, Nico Hines and Jake Clifford there in the halves. And, I mean, probably two of the best kicking games in the comp, Bar Cleary and you look at Cody Walker and players like that. But two of the best kicking games in the comp at the moment, in my opinion. And I just think if the Sharks can get going with their back line the way they do, I think they'll get the job done there. So I'm taking the Sharks in that one. Tight one, though. Not by much, by about four. The second Friday night game is the Panthers against the Rabbitohs, the grand final rematch. And I think the Panthers have done an absolutely brilliant job here and they've rested Nathan Cleary right until the grand final rematch. So he's been named to play. And it's going to be interesting to see how he goes. I think he might be a little underdone still. If you obviously play NRL Fantasy, you'll get those junk points if you got Cleary. So no matter whether he's underdone, you'll probably get 60-70. So great option to have, but He's very expensive in fantasy. He's dropped a little bit. But for the Rabbitohs, I think their chance of shutting Panthers down has to be Cleary. They've got to take on Cleary. They've got to shut him down, shut his kicking off, shut his passing off if they have any chance of winning the game. Uh, look to Cameron Murray and Jai Arrow to be doing that out on those edges. But it's the Panthers for me. I've taken them. But again, tight. I reckon Panthers by maybe two. I think it's going to be really, really tight. Move on to Saturday, and we got the Warriors against the Broncos. Now, again, this is a game that could go either way. I, I hate tipping Warriors games. It's so difficult because, like I said, they're rocks and diamonds. They can come out and put on, put on an amazing performance, and then they can come out and play error-ridden football. But in the same way, the Broncos last week against the Cowboys were extremely poor. So I'm actually hoping – I'm seeing, I'm sensing a bit of a, a bounce back here for the Broncos – I think Adam Reynolds to Warriors to the sword a little bit. Um, the Warriors do welcome back Sean Johnson, which is a massive boost for them. And he'll, I think he's on the extended bench, is he? But 
I mean, how often do we see players on the extended bench and then come game day, they're in the team. So it's going to be really interesting. Look for Adam Fanua Blake and Matty Lodge to start to uh, pound through the middle there at, in the front row. I'm going to take the Broncos by about 10 points to 12 points in that one. Move on to our last Saturday night game. Uh, sorry, our second Saturday night game. And it's the Seagulls against the Raiders. Again, quite another quite difficult match to tip because both of these teams have been in and out of form. So the Seagulls came off that win last week by one point just. You know, a nice win, a gritty win, but lots of errors. And then the Raiders came back. I think if Manly get out to a lead, I can't see the Raiders coming back against the Seagulls compared to what they did to the Titans last week. I think Manly might get the chocolates in this one, but don't write off the Raiders. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Brad Snyder at the moment at seven. But I actually sense a big change from Tommy Turbo in this one. I think Tommy Turbo is looking for a hat trick in this game, so watch for him to bounce back. It's Manly for me. And our last Saturday night game is the Cowboys against the Roosters. I'll be watching this one uh, with... Eyes really on the go here. The Cowboys have been in amazing form. The Roosters not so much. They've lost two. They won one. The game they won against Manly, they were really good. But the other two, they've been a bit poor. Uh, it's going to be a great clash. It's in North Queensland. The Cowboys are paying quite a lot to win this game. But, you know, if you're a bit of a betting man, it might be nice to jump on. I think the Roosters bounce back in this one. They don't like losing two in a row, so I think the Roosters get the job done here by about 14 points. Look for Tedesco to have a blinder. Angus Crichton, a lot of people talking about him at the moment, um, saying that you know he's looking a bit underdone, he's not doing a whole lot. I think he's had a bit of an elbow injury, so a bit of a niggle there. So I think he's just getting that right, but how good would that be? Uh, Nanai up against Crichton, what a matchup. Move on to Sunday, and we got the Storm against the Bulldogs. It's the storm for me in that one. The Bulldogs, they just haven't clicked yet. I know it's only round four. They've got this team. They just haven't clicked yet. Once they click, this team is going to go far. I don't think they make the eight, as I've said. I think they'll finish just outside. Um, but Tavita Pengai Jr. really needs to be a, an enforcer in this one. Not lose his head, but just enforce in the game. Get Melbourne making those errors. Get Melbourne on the back foot. Uh, Melbourne welcome back Harry Grant straight into that nine spot and Brendan Smith moves to 14. So I'd say Smith will cover Hooker and lock there for Joshy King. If you are in NRL fantasy and you have Joshy King, might be a few reduced minutes this week. He's been getting good money, so might be a sell in the coming weeks, but hold for now. It's Storm for me and that Oregon Storm by about 20. Although I've tipped Addo Carr to score his first try for the club for the Dogs. I just think they're heading more left now. I think they'll get one out to the Fox. And against his former club, I mean, how ideal would that be? I think he'll love that. So look for the Fox to score. And then our last game of the round is the Eels against the Dragons. And the Eels always play really good against top-tier teams, I've noticed. And against some bottom-tier teams, they can slack off. And unfortunately, it can be their undoing. They tend to slack off, and then these teams just rise up out of the ashes and can beat them. It's going to be a good match. I think the Eels will get it done here, but I don't think the Dragons will have liked their loss last week to the Sharks, especially being a derby against the Sharkies. Um, I think they'll come out really strong. Ben Hunt will look to lead again as captain, as he has. And Tyrell Sloan, 
I talked about him in the preseason. I talked him up a lot. Let's hope he's in for a big game. I think the Eels will get the job done here. No Ray Stone, obviously, the the hero against the Melbourne Storm. He's done his ACL and looks gone for the season. And he's set to join the Dolphins in 2023. So he will be there now. He's played his last game for Parramatta. However, look for RCG and Junior Paulo to lead from the front there, to bang it down through the middle for the Eels. I think the Eels get the job done here. All right, well, that's my round preview for round four. Hope you really enjoyed it. The last thing I want to say before I end the podcast is a bit of NRL fantasy talk. Obviously, the last time we spoke, I think I gave you Lachlan Ilias as a hold. I'm so sorry for those of you who did. Uh, a mate of mine, Tristan, has a podcast, a Talking League podcast, and they talk about a three-date rule, and Ilias is gone for me. This week, I've actually uh, jumped on Brody Jones, who will be starting second row probably for about the next six weeks with Fitzgibbon out and Barnett suspended for that time as well. Brody Jones, when he's played second row, averages just over 40, so a great option, and I've gotten rid of Ethan Bullimore. He's been good the past few rounds, but started on the bench last week, and he's looking set to uh, lose some minutes now, and so he was a sell for me. Now that sell. That's about it for fantasy. So jump on Brody Jones. He's cheap. Should get you some good points. Well, thank you so much for listening to my episode today. Remember, I'm on Spotify. Follow me, the Ruck Infringement Podcast on Spotify. And until next time, be good.